0: Well, I wanna share with you tonight just a a brief message. I always say that, I'm sorry. And it's never brief, I'm kidding. Um, It will be brief. But I wanna share with you tonight what the Lord had put on my heart. And it has to do with how we live as Christians and what type of nature we live by. I know a few weeks ago, pastor allowed me to speak and I wanna say thank you to pastor again if he's watching. Thank you for allowing me to speak tonight. And, and a few weeks ago, I spoke on the Holy Spirit and today I wanna talk about living by the Spirit. Now, we talked about the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago when I spoke and we always talk about the Holy Spirit, of course, because he's the one who leads us and guides us. But I wanna talk about how we live by the Spirit, what those two Well, really, there's two natures that we have. Of course, as Christians, we have the spirit and then we have the flesh. I wanna talk about what those two natures look like. And I'm gonna break it down in depth. And we're gonna break down some of these words that we're gonna see here in scripture. And we're gonna talk about what these words mean because I really believe, I really think that a lot of Christians at times, they don't understand or they don't see the gravity of what the Holy Spirit was speaking to us at times. In scripture when he says don't do this and do this. Sometimes we take it for granted and we don't do it on purpose. It's because of the culture we live in. Do it on purpose. It's because of the culture we live in. The culture we live in today has watered down many of the things of God to make them at times not seem as serious as they are. And that's the truth, we see it all the time. I mean, you can't even watch a commercial on TV now without there being some, some innuendo or some form or, or feeling or presence of sexual immorality. It blew my mind. My wife and I, we don't have cable, so we don't see commercials. And I, it was, I guess it was when we were watching the Super Bowl, they had some crazy commercials. And I was thinking, what in the world is going on? But that's become the normal. You see the world, the, it'll water down and it'll desensitize these things. And then as Christians, if we're not careful, we get caught up in that same flow and we don't take those things as serious as we should. And it's really important that we take those things serious because we wanna live holy lives for Jesus, not for, our, for just ourselves, but we wanna live holy lives for him because he's calling us to live that way. And so in Galatians, we're going to be reading out of Galatians chapter 5. And some of you already know where I'm going with this. You know the scriptures well. And you know what scriptures I may read. But please, don't, don't leave or enter this moment with just thinking you already know. Let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. Let your heart be open to Him. And so in Galatians chapter five, I'm gonna start in verse 16 and we're gonna read through these scriptures and I'm gonna read from 16, this first portion, I'm gonna read from 16 to verse 18. So just two verses, it's not long. And then we're gonna take a, take a little, little small break from reading. We're gonna break down what we're seeing here in scripture. And so it says in chapter five of Galatians verse 16, it says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of Of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under law and so let's look at these scriptures for a moment so he says Paul's writing of course to the church in Galatia and he's saying so I say to you live by the spirit so as Christians of course what are we supposed to live by it's it's very clear it's black and white we're called to live by the spirit I mentioned earlier that we have two natures inside of us And when I say two natures, what I mean is, we have our flesh, this outward body that still tries to influence, that still tries to tempt us, that still tries to pull us away from the things of God. And then we have the Holy Spirit who dwells and lives in those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so as Christians, we need to understand that we have a choice every day to make. Every day we have a choice to make, whether we're going to give in to our earthly fleshly body, or whether we are going to submit and yield to the Holy Spirit. And for those who may be watching, who may not be a believer, who may not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I say this to you, in these moments, God can come and move in your life and He can set you free from your sin. He can set you free from this earthly body that tries to confine you, that tries to bind you to the things of this world and of the flesh and of the enemy. He can do that, but it comes by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And we'll talk about that a little more in a second. But what I wanna address right now is the understanding that when we wake up every day, we have a choice to make of what we're going to live by, of what we're going to follow in our heart. And so he goes on to say, live by the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Live by the Holy Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Those of you who may be watching who are Christians, who are battling with sin, this is the way out of sin. This is the way out. It's by yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's by yielding to the Word of God. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. So when we yield to the Word of God and when we yield to the Holy Spirit, we're yielding to all of who God is. We're yielding to Him. So when we yield to Him, when we live by Him, He gives us the power, the ability to not gratify those sinful desires, those sinful things. Then he goes on to say this, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Meaning this, our sinful nature, our humanness, it desires everything opposite of what God wants. And so if you wake up and maybe you woke up today and if you wake up maybe tomorrow and maybe you wake up feeling like you're, you're fighting against something, you're fighting against your flesh and that flesh has to be submitted to God every day. You see, I don't think people take this that seriously and I don't understand why. You know, they just think, oh, when I go to church or, or when I visit or when I'm around the other Christians, you know, that's when I kind of do the right thing. You see, that's not how God works. God calls us to be holy for he is holy. That's what Peter said. And so if we're called to be holy, that means we're called to be holy all the time. And it's not holy by our way. It's not holy by our standard. It's holy by his word, by his spirit, by his power. And so we're called to live this way. So he's saying, For the sinful nature desires what is opposite to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is opposite, contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. There is a battle that you and I will have to go through every day until we take our last breath, and that battle is this. We have to be yielding and saying no to our flesh every single day. And it's an easy battle to win. You know why? Because it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what Zechariah says. So when we yield to the Holy Spirit, he then comes and gives us the strength and the power to say no to the sinful things, to say no to the flesh, to say no to those things that try to take us away from God. So then he goes on to say this, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. So as we are looking through these scriptures, there's two natures, the sinful and the spirit-filled the sinful, fleshly nature, and the Holy Spirit, His nature, His way, and we have to make that choice. As Christians, we have to be aware of all things. I don't think people get this either. Do you understand that there will be a day when you die, and when you die, you will stand, and you will sit on the judgment seat before God. God will judge your life. He will look at your life from beginning to end, and He just won't see the good. He'll see the bad. But there's one thing we can count on if we're believers, that what Jesus did will atone for the bad. And that's what we have to to live and to know and to trust in while we're in this life. And I want to read a scripture out of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And I read this yesterday in our prayer meeting and the Lord directed me to it. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. And it says this, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, and this is what he says. He says, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Do you wanna know what your duty is? Do you wanna know what your purpose is? To fear God and to follow and obey all of his commands. That's our number one call. It's to love and to fear God. when I say fear God, I'm not saying you're scared of God. But like I I explained it to my youth students yesterday, I said it like this. I said, listen, do you fear your mom and dad? And they said, no, Pastor Reese. I said, but yet, do you fear them whenever they get upset? And they said, yes. I said, so what do you want to do with your life? You don't want to upset your mom and dad. You don't want to upset those who are above you in authority, right? Well, God's the ultimate authority. We don't want to upset him, but we want to fear him in reverence. We want to love him and obey him. That's what that is teaching in this scripture. And he goes on to say this. He says, for God will bring every deed into judgment, every deed, every deed. And then he says, including every hidden thing. You think you can hide it. You can't hide it. God sees it. You may think the people around you don't see it, Maybe you've been living in sin and you may think that your wife doesn't see it, your husband doesn't see it. You may think the church doesn't see it. You may think your boss at work or your best friend doesn't see it, but the Holy Spirit, he sees it. God, he sees it. He could see all of it. And he wants to set you free from the bad things that you may be hiding. Those things that you may be ashamed of. He wants to take that shame away. He wants to take that guilt away. Then he says this, he says, whether it is good or evil, So yeah, I mean, if we wrote a book about ourselves, would you put in the book all of the evil things, the wrong things you did? No, you would put in the book all of the good things, correct? Because we wanna make ourselves look as good as we can. But the reality is this, when we stand before God, when we stand before Him in judgment, He's gonna judge our life both ways, good and bad. But this is the underlying factor. And for those of you who may be watching who don't know Jesus, I fear for you because Jesus is the only way, he's the only truth and he's the only life. He's the only way to reconciliation, he's the only way to forgiveness of those bad things. His blood was an atonement, meaning his blood was shed to cover our sin and to forgive us, that's why he died. He just didn't come to die for no reason, he died as the spotless lamb to save us from our sins and to free us from sin and to save us from an eternal damnation from God that's why he died for us to bring us back into relationship with God and he loves us so much for him to do that but the beautiful thing is this and this is a study Bible that I'm looking I'm reading out of I don't know if you could see it on the on the screen or not but this is my fire Bible and, and my wife got me this Thank you, Maddie, for that. I love this Bible and I read it all the time. And in it, it has some study notes. And I wanna share this study note with you because it really opens up this scripture and gives you deeper insight. This is what it says. It says, God will bring every deed into judgment. As a final word, Solomon reminds us of a serious and timeless truth. We are fully accountable to God for our actions. God will evaluate each of us, believer and unbeliever. So he's gonna evaluate me as a believer and he's gonna evaluate the people who don't believe in him and in his son. It says, and he will judge us according to our motives, our conduct, and whether they were good. Then it says this, if we have accepted his forgiveness, entrusted our lives to Christ, and maintained a right relationship with God. Now, I want to stop there. That's an important thing. You see, people will say, oh, yes, yes, pastor, I will entrust my life to Jesus. Yes, I will accept that free forgiveness. But how many people will fully entrust their lives to Jesus Christ? Meaning, and keeping every day being maintained in him. Every day being submitted to him. You see, that's the underlining thing that our culture and that the world tries to twist and change. They try to say, well, you can have Jesus, but you don't have to change. You can have Jesus, but you don't have to maintain it. And see, that's a lie from the devil because Scripture teaches us that we have to keep our relationship with God correct. We have to be walking in right relationship with him all the time not just when we wanted him to come and save us, not just when we want our blessing, not just when we need his help, but all the time in the suffering, in the good, in the bad, in the indifferent, all the time, allowing our relationship with him to be completely right all the time. So then he says, if we have accepted his forgiveness, entrusted our lives to Christ and maintained a right relationship with God, then he will not punish us for our sins in the end. However, if we reject God's mercy, we will be condemned on judgment day. Do not reject the Lord's mercy. Don't reject his mercy. I was thinking about it the other day when I thought about my life. I remember when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go to a church. That was mercy. That was mercy. He didn't have to speak to me. He didn't have to say, go to the church. He didn't have to say that to me. No one told me I needed to go to a church. The Holy Spirit, I heard his voice in my heart say, go to a church. And you see, if I would have rejected that, I would not have the grace of God on my life today. I fear I may have would have even died possibly. That was five years ago. I feared that, that my life would have been even worse because I would have never been set free from my sin. You see, but God showed me mercy like he wants to show you mercy right now in this moment for those who may be watching who don't know Jesus. So let's get back. We know that everything is gonna be judged before the Lord, but those who truly believe, those who walk and abide in Jesus, that's what Jesus said, abide in me. Okay, if if we're abiding in Christ daily, meaning we're connected to him like he teaches us in John 15, He's the vine, we're the branch, we're connected to him, every day living for him. Then we know we have a peace in our hearts, we have a trust in our hearts that we're gonna be okay at the end. We know that his grace and his blood will cover us. And we can have faith and trust in that. But then we got to think about it on the other end for those who don't have that. And you see, as Christians, we still have to be aware of what Our sinful nature looks like we have to know what it looks like we can't catch ourselves slipping back into it because just like God it says in Romans chapter 11 just like God cut off Israel from the vine as a branch and grafted in he said he grafted in a wild branch that's what he said that wild branch that's us that's the Gentiles that's those who aren't of really Jewish descent of course, we're all lineage, all of our lineage goes back to that. But I'm saying for those who weren't born a Jew, but a Gentile, see, that's what that wild branch, God said, I'm gonna bring them in through my son, through the new covenant. So we have this understanding that just like he cut that branch off, Israel at that time, he could cut us off if we're not careful. That's why every day we have to choose Jesus. Every day, and we don't live in fear, but we live in faith in him. Faith in Jesus. So then this is what it says in verse 19. And I think sometimes we skip over these verses because the words I'm about to say are words that make people all uncomfortable. But to the reality is this church, these things are real and these things are what people are dealing with. And these, these things are what people need to be set free from. And maybe this is something in your life that you need to be set free from. And maybe it's not maybe it's someone else maybe this is for you so you know so that you ask the holy spirit to keep your heart guarded and correct with the lord and with jesus so he says at verse 19 the acts of the sinful nature are obvious they're obvious i love that they put that there they're obvious why are we surprised we should know okay those acts are of sinful nature we don't need to do those things i don't need to do those things It's obvious that's not of the Lord. But yet we find ourselves being pulled into those things if we're not careful. He says this, all sexual immorality, all impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I want to say this, that goes to unbelievers, but that also goes to people who call themselves Christians, yet live their lives in this sinful nature. You better be careful. Because you may say that you're a Christian, but if your heart is living in sin, you do not know the freedom. You do not know the Lord like you should. And he wrote this to a church. Come on now. Paul wrote this to a church. He didn't write this to the people at the quick trip. He didn't write it to the people at the Walmart. He wrote it to the church. Why? Because the church was letting these things in. The obvious things that were against God. So he goes on to say this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. That means this, it's died. When you crucify something, it dies. It no longer lives. I had a family member say one time to me, I miss the old Reese, and my response was this. Well, he died with Jesus. That Reese is gone. I don't want that Reese back. I'm with Jesus now. I'm living for him. So that means this, that the nature that I live by, it's, it's no longer the sinful nature. I'm gonna live by the spirit. That's gonna be the new nature I live by. So he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires, It's passions and desires. All of those passions, all of those desires, those things have to die with Jesus. We have to be fully yielded to Jesus if we're gonna be who God calls us to be. Now, it's not us doing it. It's the Holy Spirit doing it in us. It's his word shaping us and sanctifying us and making us whole and new. It's God himself doing it. It will never be you. You could try all you want, but until you yield to the Holy Spirit, you'll never have it. And when you yield to him, he'll come in and move in such a way and there'll be a peace that you can't even understand. And he'll help you through these moments. He says, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep, listen to this, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In step, do you understand the illustration there? That means as he steps, I step inside of his step. Wherever he goes, that's where I go. I don't get out of step. I don't step, if the Holy Spirit steps here, I don't decide to step over here. No, I need to be kept in step with him. Each step that he takes, I step with him. I walk where he walks, I go where he goes. So maybe you're a Christian and you're watching right now, and you've been doing some things and the Holy Spirit's been saying, what are you doing? Don't do that. I say to you right now, take in step with the Holy Spirit. Don't do that. Don't go back to it. Go forward with the Holy Spirit. Because when you go back, when you revert back, I always get the picture of the dog going back to its own vomit. When I think of that, I know that's a little graphic picture, but that's what I think of that vomit, that sinful nature. Why would I want to go back to that? I don't want to go back to that. I want to go forward where the Holy Spirit's taking me, where he's leading me. So it says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited or provoking and envying each other. So we need to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want to do here is I want to break down some of these things. I want to break down what these words mean. What these words mean. Because it's important that we understand what these words mean. When we talk about sexual immorality, when we talk about idolatry, we need to understand what this is as Christians. Not so we could do it, so we know not to do it. Because Even though it's obvious, we still get clouded by it. We still somehow think it's not obvious and we get drawn into it. And so I wanna read and and look at some of these words and identify what the spirit nature is and what the flesh nature is. I'm gonna start with the flesh and, and I know... We're already at 806, we're not gonna go any further, much further, but I'm gonna read through some of these words, what they mean. And and in my study Bible, they have them kind of written out in such a way that it's really easy to understand, for those of you who may be Christians or unbelievers, who don't understand that these sinful things are against the Lord, that we're not called to live this way. I'm not talking about being perfect. Hold on, let me explain something, because John says in 1 John, if we say that we have not sinned, we count ourselves a liar. If we say that we're not going to sin, we count ourselves a liar. But the reality is, is I can live daily in freedom through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't have to be subject to it anymore. So when it comes knocking, I could say no. Why? Not because of me, but because of him. I could say no in the name of Jesus and it goes. And it doesn't have any more weight. It doesn't have any more stay in my life. So the first thing is this, sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is any form of sexual contact outside of marriage. This includes pornography. This includes anything that could stimulate pictures, books, music, TV, entertainment, writings. Do we understand what that is? For those of you who may call yourself a Christian and you're dating someone, and you're, you're being sexually active with that person, you're in sexual immorality. I'm not scared to say it on this little screen. I'll say it to you in person. I'm sorry. I wanna warn you about your sin. I don't wanna let you give in to that sin. I don't wanna coddle you because that's not what scripture teaches. Scripture doesn't say coddle your brother when they're in sin. It says tell them that they're in sin and help them out of it. And so for those of you who may be in that, you need to get out of that in the name of Jesus and God will forgive you of it. But you need to confess it to the Lord and you need to repent of it. You need to go the other way from it. You need to say no to it. It's important that we keep ourselves holy. It's important that we obey the word of God because if we don't, we're just like the world. We're no different. We're no different. When Jesus said, be the salt, there was a reason why he said that. Be the salt in the world. Why? Because the world isn't like the salt. We have to be different. Now, again, I'm not putting judgment or being trying to be judgmental to every, you know, that's the whole thing today. You can't say the words judgmental. No, the reality is, is this is the truth and people need to hear this because they don't hear it enough. Next thing is impurity. I bet I could line 20 people up right now. Impurity means this, it refers to any sexual sin, any evil behavior, any ungodly motives, traits, habits, this includes secret thoughts, secret sins, secret desires, which are impure and it begins and it affects, it begins in the heart and it affects us morally and spiritually. That's what impurity means. Now, John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Again, those of you watching, All it takes is you getting on your knees, confessing into the Lord, repenting of it. God will forgive you of it. But there's also, what did I say earlier? A maintained relationship with God. That means I don't go back. I don't go back. I don't go back to the way I was. I go forward into who he's called me to be. Next thing is this debauchery. This refers to shameful and abnormal behaviors, a lack of self-control. It involves selfishly following one's passions and desires to the point of having no shame or thought for public decency. My goodness, let's just label 2020 right now. That is the word. When I go outside, I see it everywhere. There's women wearing things that they shouldn't be wearing. There's guys doing things they shouldn't be doing, but yet there's no shame. You see, that's the world. And if we act like that, that's the sinful nature. That's what the sinful nature is. He goes on to say idolatry means worshiping false gods, false persons, images, or anything that could take the place of the one true God. Idolatry is also an issue whenever someone loves something and trusts in something and gives something more importance to than God. Do we do that? Are we doing that? Do, do we need to get ourselves out of that? Yes, yes. It's important that we don't create idols because we only serve one God, the one true God, and he deserves all of ourselves given to him. It goes on to say witchcraft. This is sorcery. This is spiritism. This is um, black magic calling on the devil, calling on evil spirits, those type of things. It also says the worship of demons and the use of, of drugs to produce a spiritual experience. So that's what witchcraft means. People who are dabbling in that, That's against the Lord. That's that sinful nature. Then this one, and I thought about it. Does anybody really understand this one? Hatred. Do we know this as well as we should? Should what hatred is? Hatred is this. Involves all forms of consuming hostile thoughts, motives and actions, including extreme dislike, anger, or desire to cause conflict. God, forgive me for my hatred. Oh my gosh. Do we understand that hatred goes far beyond just our actions, but our thoughts, our desires, our motives, how we treat another person, what we say to another person, how we look at another person? See, God doesn't call us to live that way. God calls us to love. And so... There's a few more that we can go through and I'm not gonna get to all of them. I'll probably read two more and then I wanna get to the things of the spirit because we're gonna run out of time. But the reality is this, I'm not pointing out all these things to, to make people feel bad. I'm pointing them out to make them realize this is what sinful nature looks like. And if we're living in that, then we're not living in the spirit. And God wants us to be free from that and he wants to bring us into the spirit. And it's important that we make that choice. We have to allow God to move in our lives. God just isn't gonna do what he wants to do. He can do anything, of course, but the reality is this. If someone doesn't want him, he won't be there. He won't go where he's not wanted. He gave us free will. He gave us a choice. You have a choice, just like I have a choice, just like I had a choice five years ago. I could have said, forget you. Voice, whatever this is, get away from me. I'm not going to the church. All those people are hateful and judgmental. I could have said that. Or I could have yielded to the Lord. And when I did, he changed my life. Next thing, discord. Involves quarreling, causing undue tension, disunity, and struggling for superiority over others. That's what sowing discord means. When you hear that, that's what that means. The next thing is this. Jealousy refers to resentfulness or envy of another person's situation or success have you have we done that have we envied someone else's life have we been jealous of what they had have we done these things we need to repent all of the church all of us need to repent at some point we've touched on these things we need to get our hearts right with the Lord we need to bring ourselves back to him in humbleness that's what we need to do in these moments next thing fits of rage or explosive outbursts of anger that can result in violent words or actions. Selfish ambition involves pursuing personal power or or success without considering the desires of God or the impact it will have on others. I'm reading off these things. These are things that I see all the time in our society. Why? Because it's the sinful nature of the world. It's the sinful nature of the flesh. And God says, I haven't called you. Remember what we said at the the beginning of this. Live, I say to you, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We have to live by the Holy Spirit to not gratify these things. I wanna go ahead and move down to the things of, of the fruit of the Spirit. And we know these things. We can sing the little song that we know. But are we allowing the Holy Spirit to put these things in our life? And I gave this image to my youth students yesterday. And it was this. If Jesus is the vine, let's imagine this being a vine. If Jesus is the vine and we're connected to Jesus, the fruit comes from the vine. It's produced through the vine, into the branch and off the branch. If I cut myself off from Jesus, I will never have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life because the fruit is produced when I'm connected to the vine. If you don't believe me, God made it this way when he created everything. Go outside and cut off a branch from a tree and lay it in your yard. Within weeks, it will be dead. But if it was still connected to the tree, it would still have life It would still produce fruit and leaves and it would still grow so Jesus being our vine we must be connected to him if we're going to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life so those who say I love Jesus I want to do things that Jesus wants me to do but you don't spend time with Jesus you don't seek Jesus's will for your life you don't read Jesus's word you don't know him personally then how could you ever expect to have his fruit in your life? It would never be there. You see, fruit comes for those who abide in him. That's where it comes. And Jesus even said this when he was alive, you'll know them by their fruit. Interesting that he said that. He said, you'll know who really knows me. You'll know who really loves me. You know who really follows me not because they dress a certain way, not because they go to this church, not because they've been around these people, not because they follow so-and-so on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, no, no, no. You'll know them by the fruit of their life. They won't even have to say anything. You'll look at them and you'll see whether or not my fruit is in their life. So let's look at that fruit, what that fruit looks like. First of all, the first one is love, God's love. This isn't like the world. This isn't like the flesh. This is different. It refers to the selfless love, the kind of God love that cares for and promotes what is best for another person without a hidden motive or personal gain. I know people that will love you as long as you give them something. I know people that are for you as long as they're getting something out of the back end. But you see, God's love isn't like that. God's love and the love that he calls us to carry and to have for others, it's a love that goes, be, that goes beyond comprehension. It's a love that says, I will love you even though you don't like me, even though you're not giving me anything back. I love you. I will care for you even even though you curse my name, even though you hate me, I love you. You see, that's that love that's not of the world. So he says, This kind of love is more than a willingness to make personal sacrifices for the cause of Christ and the benefit of others. It goes beyond this this type of love. The next thing is joy. Do we have that in our lives? I thought about it. Man, we need the joy of the Lord in our lives at all time. Joy is a strong inner sense of gladness that is not based on circumstance, but on the love, grace, blessings, and promises of God of his nearness and that we belong to him and Jesus Christ. That's what joy is. I know people that can only be happy if everything's happy. I heard that saying, you know, uh, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. I heard that all the time growing up. I hated that saying. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna be happy even if mama don't wanna be happy. I'm gonna be happy. I don't care. Why? Because we don't need to base our love off of our circumstances. We need to understand that as Christians. We'll be all happy when the blessing's there. But when the hardship comes, when the time of testing comes, that joy isn't there. You see, Our joy needs to be at all times. Why? Because our joy isn't in the world. Our joy isn't in circumstance. Our joy is in the Lord. Our joy is in his love, his grace, his mercy, his presence, his blessings he's given us through the Holy Spirit and his word. That's where our joy is. That's where we find joy in all circumstances. The next thing is this, peace. Peace is the inner calm and contentment based on the knowledge that one is in the right relationship with God. Are you content? can you be content in all things like Paul said I know people that can't it's like every day they got to have something else no be content in the Lord he's the sufficiency that's what scripture teaches so if the Lord's the sufficiency all of my peace and contentment is in him and if I find that in him I'll have something that never fails I'll have something that'll be there every day, every moment, a peace that will never leave me. A peace like Jesus said goes what? Beyond understanding, right? That's what that peace means. That's what that is. The the fourth thing is patience. Oh man, patience. I need patience. Means endurance. It means perseverance and the ability to wait without becoming angry, annoyed, or upset. My wife's like, my husband needs peace she's shaking her head right now she's like he needs peace she already knows it i'm like you're right i do need peace honey you're right you know i need this just as much as anyone else i need peace and patience i need these things in my life so if i need them you need them we all need them and see they're things that god wants to produce in us what through the holy spirit through his nature through his word and so How many of us need that patience in our life or that peace in our life? Patience is maintaining hope and not giving up into despair. Man, I'm just getting myself right now. Patience is not giving up into despair. It's maintaining hope at all times in the Lord. And at the end of this, when we finish, we only have a few more. And when we finish, we're gonna pray for these things. And we're gonna pray that God would put these things in our life and that we would be obedient to follow the Holy Spirit and the the spirit nature, not the flesh, not the sinful nature. The next one's this, kindness. This involves true and active consideration for others. It includes not wanting to hurt anyone or cause anyone pain, goodness, is a character trait that causes someone to do what is right and beneficial for others. It includes a passion for truth and a hatred of evil. It is often expressed in acts of kindness or in challenging and correcting evil and injustice. Faithfulness, this one is a firm and unwavering loyalty and devotion to a person to whom is united by a promise or commitment, being faithful. We don't see that today in our culture. At all, people are very unfaithful. I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm talking about like in anything. They'll say one thing to you and do a complete other thing. We have to be faithful in all things. Faithful to the Lord, faithful in what we do with our words. Our word is our bond in a way. What we say, what we choose to do, gentleness, it refers to the quality shown by a a mild friendliness or forbearance, especially to an enemy when harsh. Harshness would be expected as a behavior are are you gentle and kind to the people that you work with maybe you work with some people and they just they really try to get at you or do you return fire and get all angry at them or are you gentle and kind to them and are in a return when they're mean to you or rude to you we have to think about these things last one's this self-control it's a big one self-control is the discipline of master big one self-control is the discipline of mastering one's own desire, emotion, and passions. It requires depending on God to overcome temptation and remain spiritually strong and pure. It is strongly related to faithfulness to one's marriage vows, okay? So so having self-control is being faithful. It's, it's being compared to that as being compared to someone's marriage vows. It says Paul's final comment on the fruit of the Spirit is that there are no expectations or restrictions to the lifestyle described here. Christians can and must practice these character qualities over and over again. I don't take up the fruit of the Spirit because it's Sunday morning. No, 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 no. I take up and I live by the Spirit and I let the Holy Spirit produce His fruit in me. Why? All the time. You see, that's what we have to realize as Christians. This is something we need all the time. And I I don't know when's the last time I've heard anyone bring up that portion of scripture. Just thinking off the top of my head. And I'm not giving myself kudos with that. I'm just saying this isn't taught a lot today. We try to coddle people. We try to say, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you're going through that thing. And yeah, God will help. No, no, we need to tell them the truth. It's the power of God. he will set them free, but they have to yield to him. And when they do, he'll set them free. The last thing is this. I want us to pray that the Holy Spirit would empower us to overcome, <coughs> excuse me, to overcome our sinful nature and to live by the spirit, to obey him, to follow him, to follow his guidance and to yield to him. And that's how I wanna conclude this, this service, church. I wanna pray for that. I wanna pray for you. And if you are on here and you say, Pastor Reese, I'm in sin, I can't get set free. I don't know Jesus. All I wanna to say to you is this, call upon him right now. Call out to him. And it's very simple. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for the sins of the world. I believe that God sent you in the flesh. I believe in who God is as the creator. I believe in you, I put my faith in you, come and save me. I'm a sinner, forgive me of my sins. I repent, make me clean, make me holy, make me a child of God. All it takes is just calling out to him and praying to him. That's all it takes, just like that. And for those of you who may be Christians, may be struggling with sin, struggling with your sinful nature. It's okay, we all struggle with it. We all have to fight it every day. It's a daily battle, but what I wanna say to you is this. You can win, not because you're good or you're great, because Jesus Christ is Lord and he can overcome that sin in your life. All it takes is yielding to him and every day submitting yourself to him and the Holy Spirit. And when those times come, when the enemy tempts you, when the world tempts you, when your flesh tempts you, you run to him. You go to him, you call upon him and you ask him to come and help you in those moments and he will, Jesus will show up. He did it in my life. The Lord has carried me so far this this past year, 2019 into 2020, he has just changed me so much and I'm thankful for that. But it didn't happen because I went back to my way and my, my desires, it happened when I said, I yield, I yield, I yield to you, Lord. And then the third thing I want, to, I want us to, I speak to those who may be Christians, but you're like, I want, I, I, I'm, I'm where I need to be, Pastor Reese, but I want more of that fruit. I want more of the love, more of the patience, more of the joy. You can have more of that. You can ask that the Lord would produce more of that fruit in you. All it takes is you asking and praying and believing. So let's pray right now in Jesus' name. So Lord, we come before your throne of grace and mercy and we see Jesus. He's standing on the throne. He's Lord. He is King. And Jesus, we believe and we trust you. And Jesus, right now, for those who may be watching, who may be calling out to you for the first time, Jesus, I thank you that you're covering them right now with your blood, that you're cleansing them, that you're setting them free, that you're redeeming them, that you're reconciling them back to you, God that, Lord, you freed them from that sinful nature. And now, Lord, they can walk by the Spirit. Now they can walk by your will, by your purpose, by your word. And so, Lord, I thank you for those who may be saying this prayer for the first time, for those who may be coming to this place in relationship with you, God. I pray that you would just overwhelm them with your presence and that, Lord, you would speak to them in a deep way. I pray that they would take up your word and they would fill their heart and their mind with it and that, God, through it, you would speak to them in a mighty and powerful way. And Lord we pray right now for the Christians Lord those who may be watching but who may be struggling with their sin who may be battling in their sinful nature who may be feeling defeated and low Lord I pray that tonight they would know they have freedom in the name of Jesus that Lord all they have to do is confess their sin and tell you what it is all they have to do is say Lord this is what I have done forgive me and then Lord in that you forgive them and then God all it takes is them saying God I'm gonna live for you and every day yielding themselves to you. So Lord, I pray that your people will yield themselves to you every day, God. That when temptation comes, they would yield. That when fear comes, they would yield. That when the enemy comes, they would yield. That when their sinful nature tries to take over, they say, no, in the name of Jesus, you died with him on the cross. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And Lord, the last thing is, Lord, I pray for those who are believers who may be headstrong, who may have fought through the battles, who may be wearing their armor and going forward, but they're saying, Lord, I want more. I want more of your love. I want more of your presence. I want more of your patience. I want more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. And Lord, I pray right now for that fruit. I pray for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would be upon our lives, God. It would be upon my life, upon pastor's life, upon this church, and upon everyone who hears this. That, Lord, your fruit would be produced in us. And that, God, from that fruit, they would know who we are. They would know that we're Christians that we're true sons and daughters of God, that we're spirit-filled believers and that we're different. We're not like the world. We're different. Not so we could be prideful. No, no, no. So we could be humble and saying, it's Jesus who made me this way, God. So Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and that it would overflow in our lives, God. And we thank you for that, Father. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, church. I want to say thank you for all of you who joined us tonight don't forget this weekend's mother's day I know you you may not be able to spend time with your mom I know we're all still kind of under this little quarantine but we're going to have a service for you for you moms we want to say thank you to all the mothers in advance and we're going to celebrate you this Sunday God bless you and we'll see you soon